Hello, hello. Once again, we are back with another episode of the Hungry Bleak podcast. It is a actually it was pretty um dark and gloomy a few minutes ago. All of a sudden the sun just came out. So that's a good sign, right? Awesome. Okay, so today's episode. Very excited. Pretty awesome. Um we are going to have on incredible writer, uh creative artist, just it's a genuine human being. Like that's the thing about these these conversations, um, is that they're just really cool conversations with. I love low key people and the way they vibe and their energy, and when they start speaking about something that they're positive about or, or that's a passion to them, they just you you can see all the energy like just come out of the person. I think it's awesome. And seeing this person who is pretty chill, laid back, kind of quiet, reserved, but when you hit on a topic that she's into you just feel this burst of like every like energy possible it's awesome uh actually come to think of it last time i was out out like you know because since we are in these rona times um in new york was after a show was having dinner with a bunch of people and one of them was today's guest that was almost a year ago wow and the food was banging um this is my ramen buddy this is the dumpling aficionado this is my final fantasy plug like i don't i've played one final fantasy game if i want any information on them i'm going to ask this individual because this is the person um just incredible being uh, just genuine uh, and just a really cool person. One of the things I always notice about her is when it's really cold, she is bundled up to the ninth degree. I, I've never seen anyone bundled up this much. I, I, I end up and always seeing her wear two hoods for some reason. I don't know why. It makes me chuckle a little bit. And I, I don't know, she's very silly, what have you. Uh, just another one of the best people possible. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, non-binary and gender fluid folks. This is Shanae Williams. Hi. <laughs> and yes, I get cold very often. Like I get really cold. <laughs> The way you bundled up, like, and I, I've always noticed, and I'm like, because I don't wear two hoods because it feels awkward to me. I don't know why, but every mm -hmm. time I see you, you, you'll have one a hoodie, and then you have one your jacket that has an even bigger hood, and I'm like, I wonder if she puts both hoods on. Like, I've always wanted to ask, but I'm like, that's such a dumb question. Don't, don't ask that. After we just had a really good meal, don't ask that dumbness. Just keep going. Um, Sometimes I wear three if you count the coat oh, hoodie. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Oh my goodness. Like, I don't I don't dress in like thick hoodies is more like a, a really thin sweater and then mm -hmm. it's the thick sweater and then I'm all bundled up and that's how I am. It's like, I just get really cold. I am the opposite of my fiance. He's very hot blooded. Like he mm -hmm. gets really hot even when it's uh pretty cool in my room or pretty cool anywhere we are. He's still hot. I don't know how, but he is still hot. I am just really cold. Does he radiate the heat? Like 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 do you feel it coming off of him? Oh yeah, I hug him all the time just for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. 
No, I hug him because he's he's a teddy bear. But wow. every time I do hug him, he's like, "You're you're ciphering my heat, aren't you?" Like, yes, love wow. you. <laughs> he loves it. We when when we were at at dinner that last time. Mm-hmm. Like every time I see, like I always look to see how, like you're layering. Like I didn't really do layering until I got into like my thirties, maybe or something like that. What have you? Mm-hmm. Started wearing like you know, like um, like a tank top, you know, like a, maybe a light uh, thermal underneath a t-shirt hoodie. What have yeah. Are doing like that? You come out strong with the layering. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yo, she's really and 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 then we get outside. And then you throw the hood up, and I'm like, she's she's so ready. She saw that wind so coming off a mile away. She is. I like, love hoodies. I just love hoodies, whether it's zipped or or like the hoodies without the zipper or, or mm-hmm. the zipper. Like I just love them. But I think I got that from my grandmother because she always instilled in my sister and myself to always, you know, bundle up for the weather, especially yeah. since I get sick easily. So, oh, so you definitely have to. Yeah, and I'm asthmatic, so. Um, you know, I, ha- I have to be very careful with how I dress unless I'm just going downstairs. I live in an apartment building, but in case I have to like go downstairs to throw trash out, go downstairs to meet my sister for groceries or in the Sprona mm-hmm. times, I would like just put on my sweater yeah. with with the the um the two sweater thing and not mm-hmm. a coat, just run down, get what I need to get and come back upstairs and, and help my mom sort all the stuff out. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it, it kind of like sort, it, it kind of, came from my grandmother and my mom because every time we do go out we always have to bundle up or we have to bundle up enough where it's not too too layer like it's not uncomfortable mm-hmm. but it's comfortable enough for us to still stay warm and go ahead and do what we need to do especially since I'm like out of the two of us I'm the one that gets sick very often if I don't you know bundle up and everything mm-hmm. so I think like on a on a short tangent I remember when I had the flu it was just a, a years and years ago but when I had the flu it was a scary time because of me being asthmatic. And it mm-hmm. was, um, I'm not a, a, like, you know how there's different layers to to having a, a, a breathing condition like that? Yeah. Where you have severe asthma, asthmatics, then you have moderate, then you have like those that, that have it really light. Mm-hmm. I'm the moderate because I, I came from that severe when I was younger. So as I got older, it became moderate and more controlled. But when wow. I caught the flu or a cold, I always have to kind of like double down on vitamin, double down on like my humidifier, my nebulizer, all these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, let, let's let's avoid these and <laughs> bundle up. Even though I bundled up before then, but you know, that's when mm-hmm. people didn't want to like cover their mouths or cover their their mouth like, when they yeah. sneeze and stuff like that. That's how I would normally catch a flu or or a cold. So, you know, it's just bundling up is one of the the safest ways to not get sick. <laughs> like that's something I've always noticed. Like myself, like when I I used to not like um, a, a pullover hoodie mm-hmm. because I felt confined. If that makes any sense, you know. Yeah. I mean? So I started wearing zip up hoodies so I could, you know, if I had to, I could just take it off easily. Or if I'm going out to eat. Right. You know, I take it off. You know, I don't want to pull it over my head and be all. Yeah. The zipper ones are much safer. Yeah. Yeah. But in the last couple of years, I think I bought like two pullover. Actually, one, two. Yeah. Yeah. Like two pullover hoodies, which I never did. And I was like, you know what? Like sometimes like when I'm home 
and it's you know this time of year or it's just cold enough like i'll just have on a tank top and i'll just put on the the pullover hoodie and i'm good so if i go take out the trash or if i just go to take a walk in the park like because yeah, you're home good. you're in your you're yeah. local so but when yeah. you go out you need something that's easier for you to take off yeah so that we can be comfortable especially depending on whatever environment you're going into whatever establishment you're going into you don't exactly. know what their temperature is inside because mm -hmm. i know for me my room gets very, very hot. So I have Ooh. to put on, I have to either put on the AC during the winter. Like they, like the the weather, the really? not the weather, but the temperature in this apartment building, like they don't know what's really hot. And then when they turn off the heat, it's really cold. So it's like, it's like on and off. Yeah, it's it's a weird apartment building, but oh, wow. <laughs> it's like on and off. So it's like, I would have to open up the window, but then because it's so hot in here, if I have to go outside, I have to layer. So I'm sweating as mm -hmm. I'm trying to get like the last minute things before I leave. And then when I'm outside, it's like super cold. And it's mm -hmm. like, whoa, okay, good thing. I mean, granted, I had to sweat and all that while I'm getting the last thing out. But you know what? I'm glad but I still, have these on. Because yeah. when, when you go outside, it's super cold. So it's and, like and that cold hitting the sweat and the just Yeah. Uh, so it's like, like that's not a good way to do it either. Yeah, exactly. All right, so today's show was not about um, hoodies or any of that stuff. I <laughs> promise you. That was just a really just that's how that's how these conversations go, as you've yeah. seen with earlier episodes. So many tangents. <laughs> these are like episodes that just like these are like the, the, the conversations that we would have when mm -hmm. we are out eating and talking. We'll go, there will be like a central topic, but we'll kind of split off into other things. That's just the way the natural flow of the conversations happen. And we always have such great fun and have big talks, what have you. So yeah. I'm going to try and just capture that again. You know what? I might do one where it's just a few of us as if we were at yeah. eating and just go from there. That'll but, be fine. I'll be happy yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, you know what? Maybe in the near future, hopefully, we'll actually be able to all get together in some way, shape, or form in person. Yeah, from, from your mouth okay. to yeah. the heavenly ears, you yeah. know? Hopefully. <laughs> Shanae, I want to ask you, what yeah. is today's show about? I'm going to talk about Wonder Woman. We're going to talk about all right. The wonder of the woman. Woman I, of the wonder. I had to wear this t-shirt for that. I, I look I haven't worn this t-shirt in, in a while. And I was like, you know what? I have a Wonder Woman t-shirt. I want to wear this wonder. I almost ran out this morning and went to go see if I could get one at Hot Topic real quick. Product <laughs> placement of the cup. Because I was like, oh, you know what? Let me go out. And then I, I didn't sleep. I slept in a weird way. I slept fully clothed. I would be. <laughs> Like everything I was wearing, jeans, sneakers, I still had on. When you were I fell ready. You were ready. I, I felt I felt sick like that last night. Woke up this morning, still fully clothed. I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, the hell, fully ready. Yeah, so I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna find my t-shirt. So I found my t-shirt. I was like, okay, bet, we're good. All right, so Wonder Woman, a lot going on with Wonder Woman right now. Um, between uh, Wonder Woman eighty four, which just came out on Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yep, Christmas. Yeah, Christmas Day. Day. Christmas uh, Day. Yep. Um, on uh, HBO Max and also simultaneously mm -hmm. um, was released in theaters. Right. Um, I think it might be on demand, I think, too. I think so. Oh. I think um, One Woman 84 is on HBO Max up until January 24th, which is yeah. four days before my birthday, which. Oh, wow. Yeah. If only I was able to see it again on my birthday, then that would have that been nice. But, you know, mm -hmm. right. I seen 
It was it was the best Christmas gift ever. Thank you, my sister. <laughs> and um, we also have um, with DC's future state. We have, mm-hmm. uh, which is DC's near future event spinning out of Death Metal. Dark Knight, yeah, Dark Knight Metal. Yeah, yeah Dark Knight Metal. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's characters old, familiar, and also new characters taking over some of the mantles. Uh, right. um, of some of our favorite um, characters, uh, or I should say, some of our favorite, like um, like Batman, mm-hmm. Superman, and Wonder Woman as well. We're gonna yeah. be getting a couple titles. Wonder Woman. Uh, we have Wonder Woman. Uh, we have Immortal Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Justice League. Yep. Superman and Wonder Woman. I think that might yep. be a fifth one too. See, I haven't, I haven't um really got into the new stuff yet, but mm-hmm. I know we know about Yara Floor, which is yes. the Brazilian Wonder Woman. She's the most popular one right now. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so I know with her, she's a different kind of Wonder Woman. I haven't read it yet. I know that um, Shasha Wood from Casually Comics, shout out to her, um, was talking about it. And she seems really, really interested in it. So I was like, the way she was talking about, it, I was like, you know, and then the way you were telling me about it, I was like, you yeah. know what, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out and see. Like, there's some key points she talked about, like her as a person, like her uh, as Wonder Woman and everything. It's, it's pretty funny. So I was like, all right, well, let me, I'll check it out when I can. I was definitely like, I was floored by the character designs first off. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. oh, I love. I love seeing how characters are designed and how the and when they started, you know, promoting the whole DC future right. um, event, the future state event. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I saw the designs. I was like, okay. And yeah. I'm seeing that they were new characters in these legacy roles. And I'm like, oh, oh. And then I saw this Wonder Woman and I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. She looks amazing. She's amazing. And reading it was so you don't get her origin yet. So you don't right. know where it's from, but I was like, okay, so this is when I'm deaf, because I want to read all of them, like all, all the first issues, and then see mm-hmm. what I want to follow. This was an instant. Within the first probably couple of pages, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, because of the way she spoke, the, because of the humor that was involved, right, um, and just the overall feel, and I want to see how her and Diana interact. Yeah. I want to yeah. see that. Like, that's cool. I, I want to see how that Happens because I maybe it has something to do with where she came from and her origin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was like, yep. And I also want to see how her and the new Superman are going to react. I'm actually pretty curious about that too, especially since her persona is a little different from Diana's. It's like it's mm-hmm. kind of on the opposite of Diana's. Um, I think also when I was looking at the video about it, it pointed out that it actually touched base on one of the gods of the Brazilian mythos. Yes. Of, um, which I thought was pretty cool because it's like, okay, well, if you're going to do a different Wonder Woman from a different, uh, you know, place of life, a different walk of life, why don't you kind of put yourself in to the mythologies of that region, you yes. know, yes, which I thought it was a really nice touch that they did that. It was yeah, pretty that, cool. That's actually a, a really great point because that was one of the things that I really did. It was just, it just, oh, from, um, cause it was written by Joelle Jones, mm-hmm. uh, who also did the inks as well. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she did the pencils as well. She she um and the she did the whole by, nine yards apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love the art style. I love it. Um, it was colored by Jordi Belair, 
mm-hmm. um, who also did the cover along with uh, Joelle Jones. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like looking at the um, the pages now again, and it's just yeah. like seeing that first image of her in in her armor yeah. and and her going after. I'm probably gonna end up reading this again because I think the <laughs> mar- I think the monster that she like in the first couple of pages, um, right. her introduction, like she's talking and she's I think she's hunting a hydra, right? I want to say, and it, yeah, just awesome, just awesome, awesome stuff. Um, this is a great time. I mean, every time is a great time to be a Wonder Woman fan, but this right. is an even better time because this nugget right here that we're getting between uh, these Wonder Woman titles with DC um, mm-hmm. Future State, which is bringing her even more into the forefront. And then we get Wonder Woman 84, which was divisive for people. Very divisive. Uh, like, I, I, I see both sides, mm-hmm. but I'm not tripping on it. Some right. Too hard. Like, like tripping and falling down the stairs hard. Like you yeah. didn't do all that. Like you're doing a little extra, especially when. And I understand people's passions for things, obviously. Right. Yeah. But right. Rain it back a little bit. You know, rent still due on the first, right? You know, you still got to go to. Like I understand the the passion and such, but people getting into arguments online, which is why I kind of don't do social media as much as I used to, especially. Yeah, right, right. I only stay on Instagram for for the pictures, like just watching other artists at work and see if how they, you know, I get motivated to work on my own art pieces from them and stuff like that. But Facebook, I try to stay away from because it's, it's too, it's like, welcome to the jungle type of thing, where it's like everybody's kind of at their throats and stuff. Yeah. So. And now more so than before because everybody's inside. So they got nothing to do but think. Mm-hmm. And people are thinking and they're getting to a point where like, oh, you know what? Yeah. This is what and it's a good place. Then they start thinking a little too extra. And then it becomes this. Mm-hmm. What happened? Um, keep it nice and positive. Yeah. Right. And I think for me, I love the movie. And mm-hmm. I did I said one thing about it where it's like, I love this movie, best best Christmas ever. Thank you, sister. And that was it. I kind of just left it at that. Yeah. And I, I kept why I love the movie in my close circle of friends that I mm-hmm. know that I'm gonna have a respectable conversation with. Right. But um so far for me, I've seen a lot of people not liking it, but they're giving their reasons, but they're not being disrespectful about it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're still opening that that space. Of like, okay, tell me why you like it. I'll tell you why I don't like it. So they're kind of being respectful to each each other, and I, I like that because you know, recently, not not recently, but just in the following years, even even before um, all this craziness in the world that's happening now, um, a lot of people didn't really know how to debate. A lot of people don't really know how to have conversation, whether they agree or disagree, and stuff like that. So just seeing that it really is cool. Um, the stuff I try to stay away from is people that make why I don't like this movie on YouTube because there's way too much negativity mm. on some of these uh, videos. Like I don't watch them because it it kind of disheartens me as someone that does like it. And it's like, you know, I already heard why people don't like it. Like they're just, they're saying the same reasons, but mm-hmm. they're going about it in a very, um, in a way where it's not very, uh, what's the word? The word is escaping me. Um, it's not where very it's not, active, right? Where, right, like, where it's not like, um, critical. It, 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 it's not constructive criticism. Right. It's just, it's just criticism and not having 
anything behind it like you're just spewing right. a negative yes which right because like yeah. just this morning like you know when you're watching a certain thing on youtube something else pops up that you might like yeah. and stuff so it was i don't know the channel but i seen the thumbnail and i guess it's it's somebody reviewing the movie because then they reviewed so and i didn't i didn't watch their videos but their video popped up on my feed mm -hmm. and i just saw the thumbnail and i'm like yeah i don't want to watch this video because the way the thumbnail was where he has um he has the picture, like you know, the promotion picture for '84, and then he was like, right. "The Wonder Woman '84 is trash," and like, I, like it's a lot of videos like that, and it's like I don't want to watch that. Exactly. And that's somebody. This is coming from somebody that really loves this movie, and like, like I said, I understand, I can respect, and I understand why people don't like it, and I see why people are just like meh for it. Like it's like to them, this movie was dry, and I understand why people like it, and. Mm. I, I respect all of that. So I'm not gonna call anybody out. I'm not gonna, that's not just, that's not my style. That's not how mm. I do things as, you know, someone that's into like um, comics and video games and stuff like that. Like, oh, if you don't like this, then you're such and such. Or if you like this, because I don't, if you like this, then you're such, like, I'm not gonna do that. So mm. I respect everyone's opinions and stuff. So I can see where, uh people were going when they said they didn't like certain parts of the movie i can see that um but it didn't bother me to be honest because i feel like this past year was a very crazy for everybody mm. it affected people more than others it affected me mentally and I, I went through some stuff mentally and stuff so by me watching that my my fiance and i were watching it so by me watching it it just took me out of that element. It took me out of the reality of what's happening around me and what's happening in the world. It just put me in another world. It put me in her world. It put me in just like two hours and a half of just watching Wonder Woman doing her thing. Diana being Diana, like you're really exploring that side of her because, you know, she's not just Wonder Woman, but she's a woman, you mm -hmm. know? So it's just, um, it helped me and I really enjoyed it because it just took me out of that, that whole um, thing of what's happening, what was happening with me and then what was happening with the world burning <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So I, I, I know that was one of the complaints for the movie was that it was too long, but I was like, I didn't mind it at all. It didn't feel like two and a half hours to me. Too long. No, nobody was saying that with, with Endgame. Like, like, like nobody was saying that, and that's no shade to those movies as well. But I mean, them long. I mean, have you I ever mean, watched The Godfather? Yeah, like that movie was long. Like those movies and, are. Long and the thing long. is, with Endgame is Endgame had a, a couple of plot holes too that people are just Ooh. now finding out, like years later. Yeah. But with this movie, it didn't feel like two hours and a half. I it's because I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the thing is that people mm -hmm. have to enjoy it for what it is. Like, look, we got this movie, it's a colorful movie, something that DC isn't really known for for their live action movies, besides mm -hmm. Wonder Woman, because you only have what three that was super colorful, and that was Aquaman, Shazam, and Wonder Woman. And not many people are talking about Shazam. And Shazam was actually a pretty good movie. I, Sh I enjoyed Shazam, it. Shazam was really good. It's not it's not what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, yeah. And it's it not a character good. that I'm that I was like, oh my God, I gotta see it. I was like, I want to see this so I can see what's going on. I, I want to stay up in, in the know. And right. I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, yeah, th this was a yeah. fun family movie. And the ending I really enjoyed.
Yeah, like it was just it was you fun know? to watch. And then yeah. Aquaman had its moments too. Um, but I really did like it. Um, you know, 2017 Wonder Woman was my my movie. Like I love it. Ooh. I brought the DVD, I watched it like 50 million times. Like I have the, the theme song as my ringtone. I love it. Um, it's probably gonna be the same way. If Storm ever gets her own movie, it'll probably be the same way. I just pray that it's a really good movie if it if they ever decide to make a storm movie. Mm-hmm. Um but 84 was really I guess it was really special for me because I can put both of those films together. I guess it was special for me because of the whole thing with COVID and and how it affected everybody mentally, physically, everything. And Mm -hmm. just to like watch something that was entertaining, that was fun. It took me out of that element to enjoy that. And I took, I took the movie for what it was. And the movie is not taking itself too seriously. If, if people really remember the Wonder Woman comics, and how campy it was. And then, you know, Wonder Woman did have a dry spell for like the seventies, if I remember correctly, um, from just watching documentaries about it. Cause you know, I'm, I was born in the eighties. So I wasn't around during the seventies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, in the seventies, it was said that she had a dry spell where she lost her powers. She did some, some obscure jobs and like while yeah. she was here, like she went through a lot of these things and she didn't have powers. So, you know, it's gonna be Oscar. Um, and then on top of that, the movie itself is in the 80s. And I was born in the late 80s, but from what my sister tells me and my mom tells me is that the 80s was always like just colorful and, and always yeah. like mm-hmm. like all over the place. And so, I mean, I was just a baby. So, yeah. <laughs> so I it, wouldn't know, but. Like 84. 80, my opinion on it is I enjoyed it for what it was because Mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't going to be as action packed as the first movie. The first movie, I loved it. I, Oh my God. I saw it like, it was a great introduction of her. Yeah. I I think I saw it like four times, but people Mm -hmm. also have to remember that it was somewhere action packed because it was also set during a war, literally during a war. Right. Yes. In the middle of a literal world war. War. Yeah. That actually took place. In yeah, real life. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah. I can understand when people not want it because comic book movies, you want action, you want all this, and you want there to be these epic battles between two superpowered beings. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to see there were two characters that I always wanted to see have like epic battles, like like not together, but just in their own respective worlds. Right. Mm-hmm. One was Wonder Woman, and the other one is Captain Marvel. Uh oh yes. Because they're so strong and to see right two incredibly superpowered women just battling it out mm-hmm. and just have, having these big epic fights that we've always seen men have. I, right. I, I always want to see that. So I knew the movie wasn't going to be as action-packed. And when I saw people's reviews of it, and I was like, okay, okay let me yeah. just go ahead and watch. So I watched it that night, and I enjoyed it. I understood some people's gripes about it. And I understood some, when people started pointing out some certain plot holes, I was like, okay, that's problematic. And I understand right. that. Yeah. Um, my one, this, this is the thing that I didn't like about the movie. Yeah. And it's, and it's something silly, but it's something that I noticed again, silly, but I noticed it. Right. But it felt right in the context of the movie because it's the eighties. Right. Right. Was her theme. Mm-hmm. It felt 
almost watered down like the 80s. Right. It didn't feel as strong because when you hear, and I also love watching, um, I forget the the uh, the um, the musician's name when she's actually playing it. Um, um, I forgot what her name is, but what, but I watched the video of her playing because I wanted to see. And oh, was I, it the? Was she had the violin? Yes, yes. I think her name was like Tina Gao. Is it Tina okay. Gao? I think it is. Because I've seen, wow. I, like, she had, like, and then she was, like, had clay on her. And, like, yeah. So, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Watching it was amazing. I was like, oh, my God. It was so interesting because I yeah. I don't play an instrument. I played clarinet years ago. That, that's right. It. Flute. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We, and this is the woodwind section right here. And this is the woodwind section right here. Yes. <laughs> you got to keep, keep that reed wet. Keep that reed yeah. wet. Keep that reed wet. But, and your armature up. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But seeing her play it and you see this instrument and you don't think all this is going to come out of it. Right. And it does. And I'm like, oh, my God. So that theme, that theme was my ringtone for a minute. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still my ringtone. It was also <laughs> my text alerts for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I like to switch off just because, like, same thing with, with my wallpaper, just like to switch off. I just but love the theme. It's there forever until I, I find something better. <laughs> because that iconic moment in mm-hmm. Batman Superman when yeah. she finally shows up and you hear it. Like you've heard it throughout the movie, but you don't really pay attention to it because it's been like the little bit lingering. Yeah, but when she comes in, it's like I think to be honest with you. After that whole movie, I feel like that was the best part. I remember sitting yeah. there with Beyonce, and we was just, I think we were with other people, too. We was like, it was a small group of us, and we were sitting there, and we're like, okay, that's a plot. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense. And, like, the only yeah. thing I was looking forward to was just seeing Diana, right? So, because um, I was I was thrilled about the movie itself, because it's Batman v Superman, but my first concerns was, mm-hmm. well... We all know about Batman. Okay, then that's out the window. We already know his story. We know all this. Mm-hmm. But it was too early to bring in Batman v Soup. It was too early. And I felt like they should have developed Clark more, especially like the way that they were going with Man of Steel. Like I'm one mm-hmm. of those few people that actually do like Man of Steel. I do have my gripes with it, but I like it overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they kind of brought they brought that in too early. And I felt like, you know, they should have evolve Clark a little bit more, like have him have his own adventures or have him deal with the repercussions of what happened to the city mm-hmm. when he was fighting Zod and all that, instead of just bringing Batman in. But while I was watching it, I'm like, now I know people said that one of them was mad to them, but Batman v Superman, a lot of people didn't like that movie either, but I'm like, yeah. Eh. But once she came in, that was the only highlight. Like I saw her come in. We see her trailing around doing Wonder Woman things without us knowing. I mean, without the movie knowing it's Wonder Woman. Right. But once she came in with that that shield and mm-hmm. not the shield, but with her her gauntlets and stuff like that, I'm like the way she came out and then her music played. I'm like, yes, I remember being in the movie theater and people stood up clapping. I mean, I clapped, but I sat down. But you know, I was clapping, but people were clapping because they were waiting for her. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it me, you, Takia? Yes, David and actually, Robbie, probably and, it was. Yeah, like I, don't Harlem. Was I just didn't remember like who. I think it was us because we, we all came beforehand there. because we were early. Yes. And, okay. And we yes. Went back to the theater. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it so was like you can tell it was years it ago. Was. It was years ago. Yeah. That sounds like I don't remember. It's like I remember I, we were with a group of people. I just mm-hmm. don't remember 
like because you know you always kind of cipher through because everybody wants to see movies yeah. at different times and stuff like that and i remember that because everybody like literally got up and i think all of us sat down like all of us just stayed side down yeah. but we were clapping so hard <laughs> well, second, well that was my second time seeing the movie i saw it earlier that week right okay yes I and so i watched that. it so i wanted to see what everybody's reaction was going to be because when yeah. i used to go to movies it's it's a matinee so there's maybe like right. five people seven people in, in the theater that's not like you're the best time to go to the movies yeah because there's not a lot of people there it's cheaper you know what have you mm -hmm. yep it was a reaction but not as big um so when I went to go see that with them, when there were more people, I wanted to see what that reaction was going to be. I didn't expect the amount, and and, <laughs> and it's Harlem. It, it's Harlem. This is mm -hmm. Harlem. Harlem. Where, where we're at is it's Harlem, and it's the Mandarin. make sure make sure you emphasize that it's Harlem. I don't know if I told y'all, but it's Harlem. Now, <laughs> Harlem, black folks, black people. Yes. The when I when I didn't expect <laughs> that to get that cheer from black people, they was like, "Oh my god!" And it was yes. like, "That's that's a star making moment." That's a right. Moment. And this was this I came thought. around the time that people were weren't very sure about Gal Gadot being Wonder Woman because yes. she was yeah. so small in stature. Um, Me, I was fine with it because you know what? We're humans. We can gain the weight and build it into muscle. Mm -hmm. Especially if you look at stars like uh, Christian Bale, like he lost weight yeah, he's for a starting role. For Batman, he gained a lot of weight to build into mm -hmm. muscle. For another role, he gained a lot of, I think he played Dick Cheney on one of those political yeah. movies. Like yeah. he gained a lot of weight for that role. So yeah. it's, it's the amount of dedication. And, it, and the thing is, is that people don't realize like, yeah, she was small in stature, but this girl but worked out. Was good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She worked out, and not only did she work out, she worked out with bodybuilders. She worked out with athletes. She worked out with mm -hmm. people that are like models, but they're like Sports Illustrated models, the ones that work yeah. out. So mm -hmm. she's like, she's with those people that that you know motivate her to work out. And yeah. all those people are the Amazons. Like literally, those are the yeah. women that worked out for these roles, but they was already working out and and super fit beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then you had actors that came in and they wanted to get fit because they knew that they were playing the role of an Amazon. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I have the DVD where they were going off, off about that, where they was like, you know, we came in and they'd have us do this rigorous training and you kind of have that Amazon mindset. Why? Because Amazons are warriors. You always exactly. have to be on, you know, you have to be on par. You have to like really be ready because mm -hmm. you're on standby because it's a paradise, paradise island, nothing is happening, but you always have to be on standby in case something happens. Like, yeah, granted, there are Amazons there that don't do fighting as much. I think some of it is said in the comics where not a lot, not, there's a small amount of Amazons that don't do fighting because they, they deal with medicine. They, yep, they deal with their teachers. They yeah. deal with, um, I mean, Diana was the only child, so there's no need for preschool teachers or anything like that. Exactly. But they had they had other roles, you mm -hmm. know. And because it's like any other society, you can't have right. all hunters, right? Without <laughs> any type well, of exactly. people, <laughs> like you, you know, without any people. other roles to kind of support that. You exactly, know you need to have different roles in society. It's not like they were right. all just standing there with swords, like so. I guess. Right. I mean, granted, they probably did have uh, some training to defend themselves. Oh yeah, of course. But not yeah. to the point of the other Amazons, you know, 
going through training every day, preparing for the games all the time when there is an emissary to be needed to go mm -hmm. out into the world to mm -hmm. represent them and who they are and all of that. So, you know, I feel like a lot of people didn't really give this movie any slack because they were expecting a lot because of the first movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I understood the story. Not not many people didn't understand the story either, which is kind of um interesting because when I watch it, like I understood from the very beginning, like what this movie was going to start off as. Mm -hmm. Like in the beginning, they had young Diana go through these games and spoiler alert, she cheated. And mm -hmm. it's just the way that um a lot of the the lessons in this movie, there's two lessons, right? Don't uh, be careful what you wish for. That's one. And mm -hmm. then two, don't expect an easy road in life in terms of like doing your goals or getting rich or anything like that. Because if you rely on that and you're doing like quick schemes to get up to the top really quick, there's going to be consequences. You're going to fall because you mm -hmm. didn't properly build that foundation to get to where you are. And I think that's where the whole thing about the 80s was the, the whole thing about the 80s from my understanding and from yes. my family well at least my mom and my my sister told me well my sister was a kid but mm -hmm. from what my from an adult perspective what my mom told me is that you know during the 80s it's just it's always about products it was capitalists like yes. capitalism at its core yeah. in the 80s so you know 80s was, I, also, was all was all about excess was also about more more right. money money more more money mm -hmm. that's what it was all and about not the quality of it so exactly. you know i feel like that's where people kind of forget about that in mm -hmm. a way in terms of the story um and then they had like certain points like yeah there there were like a little bit of plot holes yes um but there's certain points in the movie where they say that they didn't understand it i was like well i mean technically the villain was a god in a way it's just he didn't show himself because mm -hmm. i forgot what the god was but it was like the god of wishes and every time yes. you wish something you get like you sacrifice a bit of yourself or you sacrifice something that you hold dear mm -hmm. in order to make this wish and this and uh, pascal um what is his last name his name escapes me pedro pedro right okay so yeah. pascal pedro he played wanna, he played a really good pedro pascal okay thank you yeah. so, <laughs> so we're All just good. like going back and forth i'm <laughs> sorry i'm sorry but he played a he played a really good role mm -hmm. and just that I feel like he just wanted to provide for his son. And then you see where he was abused as a kid and he was just trying to get out of the life that he was in. And then he didn't want to have that same thing for his son. And I feel like that's where Wonder Woman hits the most is like you hit, you, you feel these backstories of these people, of these villains. Even Ares had a small backstory towards the end where you was like, okay, well, he had a gripe with his pops and he didn't like humankind because of it. No. <laughs> that was it. But you know, with with this with Maxwell Lord, he did have some kind of story that you felt bad for him. Like especially in an environment that's the eighties, where it's very access, like you said, access to money and everything like that. You know, he was a product of it, where he was just trying to like do all these these uh, these these money schemes to just try and make money to not only be successful but to also provide for his son. So, you know, you understood that. Then you understand Barbara Ann Minerva. Um, I actually like the way she looks as Cheetah. 
Uh, I feel like they got a little better in the FX department aside from mm-hmm. Aries because Ari- like that was a step up from Aries. Yeah. Um, I feel personally, but the way that they have her, I mean, it was fine because you, you, I can see where that plot is, where it's like, okay, well, she's, she feels this way. She's like getting bullied. And you know, in the eighties, people with glasses, they get bullied because, okay. you know, of the whole smarts and the dorky things that they like and all that. So they always get picked on by the cool kids. Like this whole movie was just 80 esque. Yeah. And so um, you, because even like nerds and stuff like that say like that, like, it's not like how it is now. Yeah. It's not like how we're accepted and all this exactly. stuff now. And how we're like the ones, Oh, well let's go after, mm-hmm. let's see what they like and let's start putting it out there. No, this right. is the eighties where you had movies like, you know, just about every eighties. Revenge of the nerds. Exactly. Like, like teenage yeah. High school movies mm-hmm. was about somehow the nerd coming out on top and having to go through bullies and how mm-hmm. they get, like the captain of the football team or the cheerleader or what have mm-hmm. you. Like, that, that was an attainable goal. I mean, you had like Family Matters too. Like that, it ran from like the late '80s up into like like mid to late '90s, if I remember yeah. correctly. Because um, mm-hmm. that's that's a show I grew up on, and mm-hmm. just to see Steve Urkel being bullied, but then he still has that confidence and he still does whatever the hell he wants to do. (laughs) No matter how much bullied he is, like he was MVP. I think that's why they made him the star of the show (laughs) because there was so many people that did relate to him because he did have that confidence. He didn't let anyone push him around. I mean, he kind of did, but in terms of like, he knows his morals, he knows what's right and what's wrong, right? So Mm -hmm. he doesn't fall prey to that, but in for Barbara Ann, she just was tired of being tripped over. She's tired of being ignored, mm-hmm. especially on her first day of the job where nobody didn't even give her enough respect to say hello, to shake her hand. Didn't you care. know, they didn't care. And you know, in corporate America today, I, I guess I don't know, it's been a while, but you mm-hmm. know, well, it's not even corporate America, but it's just in just today's society, America. yeah, yeah, you know. In today's society, you should people do say hello, how you doing, and then they shake hands because it's a proper way. It's manners. Mm-hmm. It's just showing that person human decency, right? So they didn't show her any of that. Only Diana did. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess at that point, because someone like Dan- uh, Diana in her stature, she's like, okay, I want to be someone like this. Like, like she's easily. Um, is like inspired by that. Whereas like, I want to be strong. I want to be beautiful. You're already beautiful. Like, come mm. on, you're Christian wig. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're already beautiful, but- um, yeah, Even worse for women. Yeah. Like, so it's like- Smart, uh, brilliant woman who is at mm-hmm. top in, in your field mm-hmm. and you're new and you don't look like what at the eighties at that time, it's when right. standards are so different from the eighties to what they are now. Right. So not being that yeah and then you see diana walking with this not even just a physical but just her or her, her face, strength yeah the stature her of her. Face, stature, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. walking in she's been there she knows it but you you can't judge your road by where the someone else's road because you don't know where diana diana's right. been for a long time literally yeah she's like immortal yeah you know and she learned a lot like when she first came 
to a man's world. She she had the most severe naivete ever, and it mm-hmm. and it shows that they got that from the books because she was very naive in the books too. Yeah. Um, and then you know it kind of goes into the fact that eventually. You know, I was like, oh, I want to be like Diana. I wish to be Diana. And then the confidence comes in. And then the confidence doesn't just stay there. It doesn't just stop right there. Mm-hmm. It went from there into like her wanting to keep this power, her wanting to, you know, feel stronger and stronger. Um, I think it was a creative way to bring in Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew they were going to take that power away, uh, which is fine because I feel like they open because since she's still alive and she turned back yes. into Barbara Ann. Spoiler alert! Sorry, guys. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they opened that door for her to come back. You know what I mean? Especially since you know she had a more permanent way of staying as Cheetah um, until you know a certain thing comes around where she can go back to being Barbara Ann, and mm-hmm. you kind of like that's when she really learns her hard hard lessons through that. And then I feel like through there, that's when the whole dynamic of Barbara Ann and Diana was shift because of, you know, the whole thing. But I felt like um, they were a little too harsh with that one. Like, I really liked the fight between Wonder Woman and, and Cheetah. I liked that fight. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like people don't realize that this movie is more about Diana, not so much about Wonder Woman. Like, you've seen Wonder Woman in the first movie, because, you know, it's like what you said, she's in a war, she's coming during wartime. So she's showing everybody her abilities because she was always denied to show them. Steve kept denying it up until no man's land. Her Mm -hmm. mother didn't want to leave the island because of Haiti, uh, because of Aries. I said Hades, because of Aries. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it's like people were so... They were doubting her because they love her and not doubting her, but you know, they were trying to keep her away from things because they love her. They were trying to shield they her. Wanna, they want, yeah, thank you. They were trying to shield her, but you know, she has to learn to, she has to grow. Like how else are you going to grow if you're not leaving from that place, that, mm-hmm. that place that's stagnant, you know? Exactly. So up until no hard. man's land, Steve was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she holds her own and everybody knows, but after the whole loss of Steve, and then I like how in the beginning of the movie, they kind of touch base on what happened to everybody else. Everybody else died little by little. I think Etta Candy was the last survivor and then eventually she passed away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it. I feel like people don't look at that either because the movie was more focused on Diana and her getting used to being alone, getting used to the idea of her being immortal because okay. her friends are gone, Steve is gone. She she never really went out with anybody. She only dined out by herself. She only went to work, did Wonder Woman things. Like she was Batman-esque with that, but in daytime, like she just Mm -hmm. ran, saved people and then ran off. Yeah. Like she would like cut off the the camera so that way nobody sees her face. And like she was, she was doing all of that, but you know, she, at the end, at the core, she was dealing with loss and it was a way, it wasn't a healthy way of how she was dealing with it. And, and, you know, a lot of people do the same thing that she does. Like once a loved one dies or a group of friends die, you, you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're by yourself. You, you don't want to make new connections because you're afraid of losing those connections, like how you lost your first connections. And you so, don't want to have that free time to think about that loss. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you work a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Find like random hobbies, like um, like building a ship in a bottle or whatever the hell it is you're doing. Right. You're going to the gym a lot. You're working out, stuff like that. So right. the first time that we've seen um, them, two different people, Diana right. and Wonder Woman in the movie. Right. Like you were saying, excuse me, in the first movie, Wonder Woman, we just saw Wonder Woman. There right. wasn't, there wasn't that duality. Where this one, I mean, that's a great aspect and a great point that you pointed out. Her finally um, um, seeing that there's two sides, having the one doing, you know, the work stuff, what have you, and the Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. then losing the first love. Her very first love. Yeah, yeah. her first love mm-hmm. in life. I mean, her first love that we know of as far as man's world. Could've, right. It could be someone on Them- Themyscira. But yeah, it could have been. Still yeah. that, but maybe never losing someone. Someone dying like that. Yeah. In front of her. Yeah, and sacrificing himself for you, saying, I can save today, but you can save, you can save the, the world. world. Yeah. That's a lot to put. That's like a mm-hmm. that's like a Uncle Ben yeah. Yeah. responsibility type of right, right. Yeah. And who else could go across no man's land? It's mm-hmm. said no man's land. Right. Now who else but a woman can do it? You know what I mean? That. So, yeah. But that yeah, I, I didn't even think about that fact of that duality. Like and I I kind of saw it. Like I, I saw it. The thing is when I look for a character progression in movies, I started doing that because again, quarantine it gives you a full time. So mm-hmm. while you're watching you're watching YouTube channels like the take, you're watching YouTube channels like cinema therapy. And I watch those and those are very, very informative. And those mm-hmm. are very like um, insightful. That's mm-hmm. the word I was looking for. It was very insightful where it's like, okay, well, you're thinking, and I've been watching a take before the pandemic happened and cinema therapy. I just kind of came across uh, last year, really good channels. Um, but you have to kind of think of the characters and how us as people, the viewers relate to those characters. And I feel like, okay, we're not alive forever. We're not immortal. But we all know from different movies, shows, books, all, all these things that are available to us to read and to, to entertain ourselves with, we know the story of immortality where eventually it become lonely. And people mm. don't, you know, those who are immoral do not want to go ahead and keep living and meeting new people because they know they're going to die out. They know they're going to die. They don't want to, they don't want to deal with that pain and that loss again. So mm-hmm. for Diana, you know, I, I saw that the moment where it was a montage of everybody that she fought with her whole gang and at a candy, you saw them doing different things throughout the years. Cause you know, there were different wars after world war one happening. Mm-hmm. So she participated in all of those and she, like some of her friends were in it up until they passed away. And then Etta, her and Etta just lived out the days. I think it was in New York. They was on a ferry somewhere. And I think she recently died because that was a color mm-hmm. photo. So I think that was still in the 80s. And I think Etta was the last one and she was the most recent loss. Mm-hmm. But at least, and I and I got that from the montage of it all. But uh, I, I sense that because of the scene of her dining alone, the scene of her you know, saying no to Barbara Ann, like at first was like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like she's very introverted. Like she was very reserved. And before that, she wasn't that reserved. She was like, she wanted to know things. She was asking questions and all of these things in the first movie. So that's how I kind of 
figured out what that was because of how she kind of stayed reserved. And, you know, I, I've known people like that. Sometimes I was like that, where it was like, I am just reserved. I don't want to talk. I don't want to spread my feelings. I just want to be by myself for the moment. And like, I sense that. And I think that's what people don't really get is about that this movie is about Diana and how she's dealing with being by herself up until Steve came. And then people complained about Steve being in another man's body. And when I read that, I'm thinking about, I'm like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Realistically, I understand what you're coming from. But anyone ever ever think about Psylocke? Oh, they've said that about Psylocke for years, but they just never listened until... I'm trying to think of when um, the last uh, when um the new Exo Sword, Exo Swords, and then I think she ended up becoming back to Captain Britain again. Like she was in her well, own body, and yeah. So there are the two, mm-hmm. like there's the Asian ninja, yeah, that he was inhabiting for all these decades. Yeah, but even though people actual- were talking about it, it was more accepted. Because they didn't change it for for decades. It, I, I think it, it it wasn't accepted because people were still mad about it, and mm. it had to do with not just race but also being in someone else's body without permission, like the whole concept. Yeah, but yeah. it took. I want to say that it was because of Hickman, and it was mm. one of, or whoever or whoever decided to. Because I know Hickman's in charge of like the X universe in essence now. Yeah, and whoever is writing Excalibur now that they had to do that, but. That was, I mean, I, I think things like that now aren't accepted and they have to change it. It didn't dawn on me the, as deep as people were thinking about the Steve thing because I wanted, I, it, this, the, the, the wish, honestly, because the wish was like the monkey's paw. Yeah. You had to be very exact in what you said, but even then you still weren't going to get exactly what you wanted. What, what and you even with her, I feel like it kind of read her mind because she didn't say it. It's just, you know, she felt it. Yeah. But the yeah. thing is that it never, I don't understand why it put him in someone else's body, why it didn't just bring him back. Right. But yeah. I think it needed a body to attach his spirit to because his body was gone from the, yeah. the place. Explosion. Yeah. And I get why people were upset about that. Mm-hmm. And because some people like went deep with it and I hadn't gone that deep. And I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was problematic, I'll say. Yeah. I think that was the only gripe that I had. I was like, they could have done something else yeah. with that, but because I thought about Cyborg and yeah, like that. That's the part, like the part where you're in another man's body. To me, like I didn't. It's like you. I didn't look that deep into it because comics, because yeah. comics does that. I'm thinking Psylocke at this point, right? And mm-hmm. uh, people around me. That's why I said that nobody really talks about Psylocke in that way. I guess because you know. You you're around other people that are talking about it. Me, I wasn't around people, so I'm like, I'm assuming that it was accepted. And it's like, so nobody's talking about Psylocke. Like it happened to Psylocke, and like uh, yeah, and it, like it, why is she like why is she in another woman's body, especially yeah, like, uh, yeah. been like that for like I'm trying to think of how many decades, like maybe two. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. She's been like that for so long. Like yeah, people are mad about it, but they weren't mad enough for the writer to change the story mm-hmm. or to like kind of separate the two and focus mm-hmm. more on one of the other or both, but separately. So they, they didn't, they, they didn't do much to like us being mad about it and do much about them changing it, you yeah. know? And, and, you know, Psylocke, this lady's been in this other lady's body for like almost 20 years. 
20 yeah, plus I'm, years. I mean, yeah, so yeah. it's like, that's why I said that. It's like, nobody's yeah. seen those like here. <laughs> but yeah. I think my gripe is when she slept with him. That's that's my only real gripe. And then I kind of just went past. I was like, are, are you really sleep? Like, I guess for her is that she's just in the belief that like she's, she's in that whole, like, oh my God, you're here. You're really Steve. You're this, you're that. Like when she started believing it was Steve, it was Steve. Yeah. And I, I don't think she was really thinking about it. Him, like just seeing the other men. Also, the other thing that was messed up is they just went through my man's closet. Mm -hmm. They just went like, but people started asking the question, like they don't know if he has children, they don't know if he's a divorcee. But that's mm -hmm. what I think about it. And I was like, Well, you didn't see any kids' pictures around the house, so I don't think he has any kids or he's a divorce. I would say that he's like a bachelor. Then but then I started you, thinking, you could tell he was a bachelor, yeah. yeah but that's what I think about like nobody knows if he's um like what his deal is, like if he has any um venereal diseases. Right. Like, like right. I may have gone that was too a plot hole in itself, yeah. yeah. But then again, this was the 80s also, so there was a lot of raw dogging. Let's just put it out there. There was a lot of raw mm -hmm. dogging going on in the 80s. All the all the STDs and STIs, all that really didn't stem to the media until like the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, but... Um, yeah, but like that was the biggest... Uh, aside from the, the theme, because the theme for some, for some reason, the theme hit me harder. I, I don't know why... <laughs> You know what? My bad. Maybe, maybe I'm problematic. Maybe, maybe I'm a jerk. I know, but the, but the theme was watered down, but it felt like it was watered down in an 80s kind of way. If mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah. I guess they didn't want to overwhelm you because the 80s was such a, I feel like from what the story's been told and mm -hmm. from the TV shows that still air to this day, it felt like mm -hmm. it was a very colorful time, but they also yeah. took opportunities to talk about the issues that were going on, like how the seventies shows were. Again, mm -hmm. I watch these shows because it comes on TV. My mom still watches them. I watched them with her and I watched mm -hmm. them with my grandmother. Sometimes I watch the forties stuff on um, Turner classic movies. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I like watching mm -hmm. old movies and old TV shows and stuff like that. For me personally, I mm -hmm. like watching all that. Me being an old soul and all, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, I do, I do think that was a bit weird. That was the only gripe I really had with that movie was, yeah, that was the only like thing. I mean, the body and her sleeping with him the night after. Yeah, like, you, like that was, yeah, that was the only because he kept saying, that I had. Oh, it's me, Steve. It's me, Steve. But she doesn't. And at first, I was like, "Why doesn't that look like?" Mm -hmm. And then when they explained it, I was like, "That still doesn't make sense with the wish." But again, okay, then that was problematic as well. But mm -hmm. those were the only two gripes that I had. I didn't mind there being not as much action. I knew that. Yeah, there was I didn't mind it either. Action. I looked at a lot of it as being somewhat of like almost an homage to Superman because I know Patty yeah. Jenkins was a fan and she was a fan and you can see it and you can feel it in there. Especially I mean, you can, in, you can in that opening scene with her and the mall and the robbers mm -hmm. and such like that. I thought I, I thought it was the most cheesiest thing, but it was but it, it was works because it's the eighties and right it was amazing it was amazingly cheesy but cheesy in a good way like it didn't make me cringe yeah like it <laughs> like it, it it made sense like if you i'm i'm looking at this as an 80s movie in essence right like the movie made yeah. in because that's because that's what's meant to be yeah exactly. um maxwell lord i really enjoyed that character and how complete mm -hmm. the 80s he was and yeah. being that you know um get rich quick because during the 80s you saw a lot of like you know quote unquote um, rich guys going you business cycles and exactly and that, yeah. pyramid schemes and everything and they didn't have a dollar 
to mm-hmm. start. And then seeing his son and him trying to break that cycle of what happened to him. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing about it is that when you fight so hard not to become something, you, you end up becoming it. Yeah. What happens. And some people said that they were mad about the fact that she she won by the power of friendship. And I was like, I don't think that's what it was. I think it was just her saying it. (laughs) I I don't think that's what it was. I think it was her saying, use common sense. This is what's happening. Yeah. See all the wishes that you're making and stuff like that. I I wish she would have done that for for this year, but you know. Yeah. But but even then, it kind of mirrored what was happening with COVID because you mm-hmm. saw people doing selfish things that was making things worse. So you're not right. wearing a mask out there. You're making it worse. You might be asymptomatic yeah. and you're uh-huh. going home and you're spending time with whoever. They're not asymptomatic and they're getting it and having the symptoms. So it kind of mirrored. So it made mm-hmm. that sense. But it, it was perfectly 80s again because everyone was so selfish and being worse and worse and worse. And a reaction and has just, a reaction. Exactly. And it made everything worse and worse and worse in the movie. And her right. learning that life lesson of you can't cheat. You have to do it. Sometimes things hurt. And that's yeah. part of life and you'll deal with it. And that was part of her losing Steve again. Yeah, she had to let go. She I had- feel. She had to let go. And I feel like what people kind of miss about Wonder Woman, again, you know, a lot of a lot of people wanted to see the action and all that, mm-hmm. which is great. But if you really look at it at its core, it's more about Diana and her, exactly. not only the whole funny montage of her showing Steve around this time around, see, mm-hmm. showing Steve this time around, like just like, oh, hey, yeah. this is like this different things, like how he was showing her around yes, in yeah, London. I hadn't thought about that either. Yeah, you're yeah, right. like he's. She's doing the same thing for him, but in the 80s, because mm-hmm. he's like, whoa, whoa, what yeah. is this? Yeah. What is going on? You know, it's like, and it was a scene where he was admiring, like she was talking about the art, because they were at the, I think the plaza, where it has like a lot of statues and all that. And he was looking at a trash can. She's like, no, that's that's just a trash can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that like, part was funny. But I think for a lot of people kind of miss out on is that Wonder Woman, most of the time, yeah, she's she's a warrior. She's gonna sometimes she kills off her enemies, depending on who the writer is. She's gonna mm-hmm. k- kill off her enemies. Sometimes she's not. She's gonna show them compassion and love, right? And then you have other stories where she doesn't fight at all. She used her dip- her diplomatic status mm-hmm. to really talk and and talk about love, talk about peace, talk about compassion. That's what she did in this one. Mm-hmm. Like um. She used the lasso of truth. Why? Because of truth. Yes. Yes. And yes. the thing is, is that her her most powerful weapon. Right. And the thing is, is that with Maxwell Lord, he was wishing and he wanted all these wishes to get his health back. Sure. But in a way, like a business tycoon, you're lying to these people mm-hmm. and you're not telling them what they're sacrificing. Like when the guy was like, oh, I wish this person dead and this person is dying on the floor. Mm-hmm. The second that he said that, yeah. you know, what I mean, like, like people are doing things without worrying about the consequences. They're not thinking about the consequences. And this guy is telling you that you can have everything you want in a very 80s fashion, of course, mm-hmm. like you can have everything you want. And those are full of lies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he he he's lying so much that he believes it. He became mm-hmm. a wish God because yeah. he wished to have the power of the stone. So mm-hmm. for all of that, you know, he's. He's lying to himself. 
Mm-hmm. She does. Uh, uh, Barbara Ann was lying to herself. Like she's not being true to herself. Right. She wants. She wants what somebody else has because she's jealous of this person and how right. poised this person is. How instead of looking at herself and being true to herself and trusting in herself mm-hmm. to be who she is. She's very smart. She's a beautiful woman. She has a good career that not a lot of people are lucky oh, enough to have. You know what I mean? So it's like you have these things. You have security. You just have to have that trust. And mm-hmm. this is stuff that I learn. I'm learning today as a person because you know like everybody has their moments of having that eureka moment of learning who you are as a person accepting your truth and everything like that but um you know that kind of goes for her diana herself she had to be honest with herself like look this person is gone i have to move on now Mm -hmm. and steve is telling her himself like look i know i love you i know you love me but i'm gone you have to move on you know what i mean because it was also for her to become stronger again was to accept that truth will make you stronger right literally and figuratively yeah Yeah. so because it's like the the longer i'm here the more mortal you're becoming and then something can drop on you and you could die you know i mean like you sacrificed even though she didn't say her wish i felt like I felt like whoever possesses the stone, and if you desire it, the stone's gonna read off. It's gonna reap off that. Yeah, that, it's gonna re- that, reap off that of that feeling. Yep. Right. It's gonna. It's because the way her desire was, it was strong because mm. she was isolated from everybody. She was by herself. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to socialize with anybody. So you know, it's um. And and you know what? Come to think of it. Mm-hmm. When she left the mascara and she was in man's in the man's during the war and um Steve's, you know, like little band and stuff like that, those were her first friends yeah. that she chose to have. Like mm-hmm. they weren't just there from birth. They were people that she chose to have, people that right. chose to be around each other. They were their own family, they were their own group. And these are people, people from different walks of life. Exactly. From that all had their life. own gripes. Yeah. And and the fact that they were men, again, something that she has not dealt with like that. So mm-hmm. to have this band of people who yep. were chose to be together and who were friends and having good times and laughing and yep. seeing how they each felt pain and love and like that. yeah, yeah. Like, like that hits even harder because it's not something that you knew from when you were a child and you grew up these were people that you were thrust into their world they had your back they chose yeah. your back and not because you were royalty or because of who your mother was or because you're this and they didn't even know that or, yeah, yeah. they didn't even know that till the end like, yeah like that like this is like these are people that were just there right know? so for her to go through that I felt like she was lying to herself. Like, yeah, you know, lying to herself in a way of, I can't keep moving on. Like I can't, in terms of me being Diana Prince, I can't move on socially. I have to just keep my mind focused on being Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, just like how Superman is just a man at the end and Batman is just a man at the end, Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman is just a woman. She's a human, a very powerful human, Amazonian, but she still has thoughts and feelings and all that too, and desires too. So, you know, that's why I feel like the ending didn't bother me as much because she used the lasso of truth. And I think through that experience, she had to learn um, to be true to yourself and to be honest, like, yes, you know what? I'm having a hard time moving on. Like this man was my first love. 
-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe she had some flings on the island, but it's obviously is not as strong willed as it was with Steve Trevor because, mm-hmm. you know, she's the first man he met. Uh, she met. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the one that introduced her to everything, mm-hmm. even ice cream. Yep. You know, and you know they had those those moments. They had those moments where they argued about what was right, what was wrong. You know, because of her naivete, mm-hmm. they had those moments where. Like the scene after after the no man's land scene where they was just dancing because you know yep. they saved that village and they dancing and the snow was coming down and mm-hmm. she's looking around like what's going on like she didn't even know that that was snow she didn't know what yeah. snow was you know what I mean yeah. so it's like something she, that she didn't know about it's a lot of moments that they shared together that is very special mm-hmm. and yeah you know what people was like you know how are you gonna fall in love with a man you just met but technically if you really it, look at it it felt like the movie's gonna show that but if you really mm-hmm. think about it it probably happened over a span of weeks to a month to maybe mm-hmm. two months like you don't know it's just because it's a movie it's gonna go through you know it's exactly, natural yeah. progression but you know i feel like that's what it is where you know she's trying she's not getting over it she didn't let herself heal from losing not just only sleep steve but you're losing all her friends and mm-hmm. edda being the most latest one because again the photo was color so i'm assuming that she probably died before 84 like maybe 80 up until 84 yeah because again because you know well maybe like maybe in the late 70s mm-hmm. but um you know she just didn't grieve properly because she has been alone for so long so for steve to say you have to let me go you know like i will always be here spiritually but you have to let me go you have to live your life you have to be wonder woman you have to save the world you have to be who you are and i i like that because he loves her enough and he sees the damage that this whole uh repercussion is doing to her he sees that and he doesn't want to stick around if it's hurting her in the process he he would rather see her happy you know i mean and that's true love right there like true love is knowing when to let go Mm -hmm. i feel like yeah you love this person but if if it's hurting them in the end you and either you're hurting them or the relationship itself is not working and it's hurting both of you you have to love each other enough to let go and that's that's what I see from it. And that whole lasso of truth where she learned that from him, then she kind of moved it over to Maxwell Lord and got the lasso on his leg. And, you know, it, that's when the whole montage of his life happened. And it's like, damn, he had it rough. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then you have all these people around the world. They, ha- they have it rough, too. You know, they're trying to make money. They're trying to live like they're living their ordinary lives, but they're trying to survive, exactly. you know. So for them to have all these big wishes and all of that, it's the world's gonna go on fire yeah. <laughs> if that continues. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I everybody feel like, was getting what they wanted in the most selfish right. way possible. And at the same time, it was sacrificing what they already have. Exactly. So I think little things. Yeah. And I feel like I remember I was talking to you about it a few days ago where the ending kind of reminded me of volume one of Wonder Woman Rebirth, where mm-hmm. her and Cheetah was going after this god that that had Cheetah by by the chain. And even though Wonder Woman was fighting the god, whatever she was doing wasn't working. So she gave Cheetah the the lasso of truth 
and Cheetah had like a whole bunch of the girls that were kidnapped for this god, mm -hmm. they all surrounded him with the lasso of truth and to have him expose his lies because, you know, Barbara Ann in that comic, Barbara Ann, you know, just went there and went to this place and discovered this God and he promised her all of these things and he was essentially lying, but because of how she felt about certain things and, and for some reason she's thinking that Diana was going to save her. And then when she got kidnapped, her device that had that lets her contact Diana got lost. So Diana mm -hmm. didn't know what was happening to Barbara Ann. She didn't know nothing. She was looking for her, but she didn't know exactly where to look. She looked everywhere. And then when Barbara Ann resurfaced as Cheetah, and that's where the whole friendship thing kind of diminished and got tested. And and I think for volume one, when Diana was looking for Barbara Ann so that Diana can remember how to get home and to figure out who she was as a person and all of that, she needed Cheetah's help. And, you know, the whole thing where Cheetah was like, well, if I help you, you have to help me type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how that whole story kind of started for volume one. But, um, you know, long story short, at the end, you know, all the girls that were kidnapped and uh, at least some of them that were still there uh, and Cheetah, they used the lasso of truth to, to expose his lies. And because it exposed his lies, Barbara Ann became Barbara Ann again. She became human. Mm -hmm. The girls were rescued. They went, some of them stayed to protect that altar to make sure that that God doesn't resurface again. And other ones went home to their families and, you know, that whole thing. But the whole point of that is it reminded me of that because you're letting the lasso and you're letting the lasso expose the truth. Mm -hmm. And you're letting that. Right. And um, I think what it is, is that Wonder Woman wasn't doing, like she was doing the physical fighting. Obviously that didn't work. So this is a good instance to use the lasso. And, and the lasso is like one of the most powerful weapons on in her arsenal. Mm -hmm. So I think the way that they use the lasso was a very creative way because it is it really did remind me of volume one of rebirth for her. You know, so <laughs> so what was as a because honestly, like thinking about it now, um, I'm probably gonna go back and rewatch the animated movies. Yeah, one woman and one bloodline. I really like bloodline a lot. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. I didn't like the bloodlines too much the first time I watched it, but the second time I, I rewatched it, yeah, and I it, it was pretty good. So. Like, I I came to to terms with what I didn't like about it, and I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. well, this is just another version of the movie. But I I do like it towards the end because it kind of does remind me of the whole cheetah and. Uh, yeah. Diana relationship. I think the only thing I didn't like was that Hippolyta was way too aggressive. I think that's the only thing I didn't like about it. Mm. I, I think I'm I'm gonna go back and watch because I watched I just recently watched Bloodlines because they just recently put it on uh, Max HBO Max. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I actually want to go back and watch the Justice League. Mm -hmm. Um, and Justice League Unlimited for like the tenth time or such. What have you? <laughs> because they're so well done. Yeah, and the way that they it's um, I want to I'm trying to think of who the actress is that does her voice. Um, I want to say was it, um, for for Justice League, yeah, I think, I think was it, it Susan, was it Susan Eisenberg? Susan Eisenberg, 
I think. Because I, I know she did her voice. Um, thought it was Dana Delaney. I think it, yeah, you know, but it was oh, no, no, Dana no, no. Delaney. Oh, no, no. One of the Dana, two. No, Dana Dan Delaney was Lois Lane, I want to say. I'm sorry about that. Okay. No, I think it is Susan Eisenberg for Wonder Susan Woman. Eisenberg. And then Rosario Dawson be, did the voiceover for both the animated movies that mm. uh, Wonder Woman was in. Yeah, so I I think I actually want to go back and watch it, and I actually want to start reading because I have read the Wonder Woman Future State. But after what you're saying now, I want to go and read. I want to go and read the Rebirth because I read a few of the Rebirth yes. things, and I really like them. I like. Yes. I didn't do New Fifty Two too much, just because it just some of it just didn't I, me, just too jarring. I, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. <laughs> but a lot of what was done with Rebirth was some of the mm -hmm. best stuff in years. From mm -hmm. um, all we need is a video game. For Wonder Woman, New, I know, uh, I know. Like in those, right? Kind of like, um, give me a mix of Arkham and Tomb Raider. Yes, like give just to kind of put all with, the Greek gods and all of that in yeah, there. Like, yeah, like give me something in modern and mm -hmm. in the ancient. You can even yes. like like to train for the game. Like you can even do like on Themyscira. Yeah, that would you know, be like, fun. Yeah, the archery and everything like that, and spirit and combat, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Then give me, or you know what, when she learns, like, say, you hear this, Warner Brothers? You hear this? <laughs> say somehow her powers are diminished and she has mm -hmm. to gain them through different whatever. Right. Um, and every time she regains a power, she has a flashback back to Themyscira mm -hmm. and it's her using that power or her training or such like that. You know I mean, I mean if, if it can be exactly. like kind of like Arkham or or soup or not Superman, Spider Man, like the way the game play oh, yeah. would be, that would be pretty cool. That would, would be awesome. Rather, I would rather her, um, because you know how in in Spider Man, Spider Man is much smaller because it's more the vast right. of the city. Where yeah. Arkham, you see more of Batman himself. I'd mm -hmm. rather it be more like that because I want to see more of her. Yeah, I guess if that makes sense, but still have those incredible. Um, and that was Rocksteady that they did. Yeah. Thing, I say. Except yeah. for the last one. I, I don't think, did they do the last one? No, they didn't do the first one. The was Arkham the Origins. Because they did so um, they okay. did Arkham Asylum, mm -hmm. Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. But they didn't do Arkham Origins. That was, oh, I think that was the fourth game, but it's supposed to be the prequel to the, to the first yeah. three. Yeah, because I've played all four of them. I haven't finished Arkham Knight though. I only played three of them. I didn't play Origins. Uh, well, actually, no, I'm lying. Uh, I got to put the lasso truth on me now. Uh, <laughs> right I, I, nice little segue. Um, no, I played Arkham Knight and I played Arkham City. I didn't play Arkham Asylum. I was watching someone play Arkham Asylum, oh, which okay. I do want to play it now. I know that they have it as a bundle now, so I do want to mm -hmm. play Arkham Asylum. And just kind of get my hands in it because I, I liked it the moment I was watching someone play it. And then once yeah. I got my hands on Arkham City, I was just like, whew. And I am a big Catwoman fan too. So the fact that yeah. I get to play as Catwoman as well, I was like, yes. Yeah, like the way take I, my money. <laughs> yeah, I, I like about, um, is it, I'm trying to remember which one it is where they first started doing like the, the dual moves, like where you could work together and do, do I think, mm -hmm. was it? Arkham? No, I think that was um, Arkham Knight. Was it Arkham Knight? Because you can do like the dual moves, whether it's Nightwing, Robin, or Catwoman. Like you can do the dual. Like I, I like that because yeah, was they're all Arkham? solo, but they can do. Yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to remember whether it was Arkham City. Kind of, you do it a lot City. more in Arkham Knight. 
But in Arkham City, yeah. you get to play as these characters. I don't yeah. remember. I would have to play the game again because I don't remember if. So it is Arkham City because that's the game that I played. Because that's the mm-hmm. game before Arkham Knight. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember. I was like, I don't, because I know in Arkham Knight, you do do the tag team with Wonder Woman. I'm oh, not Wonder Woman, like, wow, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do do the tag team with her, especially when you have to save her from the Riddler. Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah, it was Arkham City mm-hmm. because they, they're the ones that introduced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so I so. actually, I, I would like to have that type of feel for a Wonder Woman game because that seems like the uh, last, because the only thing I can think of that's so a Wonder Woman. Is injustice, mm-hmm. and, and injustice too. Yeah, and you can have her as a mentor in um, DC Online. Mm-hmm. That's as close as you're gonna get it from now yeah. anyway. Like that's like, and there was a Justice League game years ago. I think it was a mobile game mm-hmm. um, where it was similar to the Marvel Legends games, where you could have four characters, you could switch between them during the mm-hmm. gameplay. Where she was in there, but that was. Uh, maybe ten years ago, possibly. Maybe maybe seven, eight years ago. So, but she deserves a game. I mean, that's yeah. overdue. Seeing as how this is one of the holy trinity for DC. This is one of those. I mean, it took a while for the Wonder Woman movie, uh, not just the twenty seventeen yeah. one, but just her getting a uh, an animated movie by herself, the one mm-hmm. with um with uh, Nathan Fillion in it. And yeah. that, like, when that movie came out, I was like, I watched it all the time when mm-hmm. um when i was able to watch it i would watch it multiple times the same way that i was treating 2017's movie just watch yeah. it over and over um as i watched it now i see the problematic things where it's like you know how she came yeah. in and she's like men are this and men are that i was like damn girl calm down like she was more aggressive but then in bloodlines her mother was aggressive so it's like mm-hmm. you got to kind of balance out that aggressiveness Ma'am, <laughs> ladies. I, I honestly think that at a certain point, because with DC, mm-hmm. the great thing is you can do is you can have the Elseworlds kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think at some point they do, they will have to have a live action movie where it is a bit darker. Yeah, um, that's true. Of that, because if you. Dark. Wonder Woman's movie could be the darkest out of all of them. That could be the one movie that is, if if they want to, that could be the one movie that is, um, like rated R. Because she's the only one that really kills her villains. Again, yeah. depending on the writer, but she's the one that yeah. really kills her villains. Mm-hmm. It's even a panel that I remember. I don't remember what story it was from, but I think she was talking to Batman at some point because mm-hmm. Batman was the one that's always trying to save his villains. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "This is why you have this problem, Bruce." And why mm-hmm. I don't is because I take care yeah. of my villains. Like they are gone yeah. and that's it. And that is true. And I remember talking to my fiance about it at one point where it's like, who are, who are her villains? And I would give him a list that I can, you know, from the stories that I have, but he's like, but they're all dead. Like who are her villains now? So her villains are being shared because she killed all of hers. Yeah. And I was so, like, you got a point there. But again, it depends on the writer because the writer can just bring them back because essentially they're gods yeah. or, like, they're, or they're servants of the god. Yeah. But like the only know, one I can think of are, I mean, Cheetah. Um, mm-hmm. You have Cheetah, you have Giganta, <laughs> you have Ares. Yeah, the, you god, have, the gods. Um, uh, most most of the of her villains are gods for the most part. Then you have yeah. Doctor Poison. Um, oh, yes, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You have I forgot the 
but Maxwell have, Lord at some point, you know, well, you had. Um, I mean, but she snapped his neck. Yeah, so I mean, I, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? But that's who you would have to be as her recurring mm -hmm. um, women. So it's pretty much the women are just um, the the recurring enemies for her, and not men. Well, that and Aries. Aries is always going to yeah, be yeah. that recurring one. That's her well, arch. Her and uh, him and Cheetah are the, are the arch yeah. enemies. Well, I mean, like um. Aside from gods, because gods, like you can always bring back. Oh, God. you mean like the the which ones that aren't yeah. gods? Like yeah, yeah. It's which, always going to be cheetah. Yeah, which that's her makes, main one. Yeah, which kind of makes sense because in what is it, New Frontier animated movie? Mm-hmm. That movie is good. When they're right. that movie is great. Um, yeah, it's amazing. When one woman goes to that village, yes, like, she gets all the women together to kill the male soldiers. Mm-hmm. That scene hit me. I was sitting there like, yeah, that. Yeah, because you know she's seen the horror and the darkness of man's world. Yes, so what you do. You get rid of these evil men. And this is like the golden age Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you know her perspective is a little different from modern day Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, but if, if they have some type of mix of those two sensibilities, mm -hmm. of that still that harder edge, but still having. But not being problematic and still being able to have that awareness of when you're yeah. going too far. Yeah, and I think that's where the problem lied with the animated movies for her, mm -hmm. at least the first one. Because, like I said, I loved the first one because I watched it fifty million times. Just the fact that it was her first solo mm -hmm. um, animation movie, and I guess, and this is me as as like a college, like someone coming out of college and watching it. Right, mm -hmm. I think it came out in two thousand and nine. Um, yeah, I think, about right. or, yeah, that sounds or, like, or maybe a little, no, 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 later. Little, yeah, either yeah. way, I was yeah, out of college on. already, and I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. This is the first Wonder Woman uh, animated solo film without mm -hmm. Batman or Superman, because, like, for some reason, they just put her there whenever there's a Batman or Superman, they just put yeah. them there, but it's one without him, and then we actually get to know who Steve Trevor is, right, and then the problems were like the whole comments on the Amazons when he first came, um, her, her, uh, her, her perspective on men, mm -hmm. the whole thing, the whole scene with Etta Candy, I didn't like, um, because oh, yeah, like, yeah. because Etta is supposed to be her first female friend out of the mascara and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is me looking at it now, you know, mm -hmm. as someone in my thirties now, like I'm looking at it and like, wow, this movie. I like it. I still like it because it like she lights up towards the end. Mm. And Nate, I just like Nathan feeling as as an actor. He's very charismatic and stuff. Um, but like she was really aggressive in terms of her perspective of men. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, it's understandable because you grew up with yeah. that perspective of how man's world would be versus women and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like she was a little too aggressive on what she thought a woman should be in a man's world versus what a man should be, um, how a man should be in the man's world versus how she grew up, especially with the whole Etta Candy scene where Etta was using her, her womanly charm to get Steve to pick up her, her pen. And she's like, mm -hmm. why can't you just pick up your own pen? I mean, granted, that's the same question, but yeah. I guess for her, it's like, she didn't know that Etta was trying to, get Steve to notice her, you yeah. know? Yeah, like, because but, you only had that one, that one type of way, and they've all mm -hmm. been direct there. Like, they've never, they've never had to do that. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, um, can you pick up 
you know, my shield or whatever item. Yeah, like, yeah, and I guess, like, I understand, but at the same time, it's a little too aggressive because, you know, you're... You're coming from, and those are the only things I had a gripe with. Because again, she she lightened up towards the end, whereas like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe not everybody, not everybody in the man's world, man or woman, they're not all bad. They're mm-hmm. not thinking all this way. You they're know, there are really good things. people out there. Like this, like her perceptive is time, trying, um, it's changing. It's mm-hmm. like your paradigm shift. Right. Like you kind of shift the longer that you're in a different place. Um, the one scene that I really do like, and I feel like the 84 movie kind of harkened back to was um, when Wonder Woman saw a little girl in the park when her and Steve was just coming back. I don't know if you remember the scene, but the little girl um, didn't wanted to play with the boys. They wanted to play sword and shield with the boys, but the boys oh, wouldn't yes, let her. Yes. So mm-hmm. they, wanted, they wanted her to be just a princess. So Diana was just teaching her, like, okay, first of all, they're not even holding the sword right. So let me teach you how to hold a sword. Mm-hmm. And she was like, go on, unleash hell. <laughs> and I thought that part was funny because it kind of reminded me of, uh, after watching it, it reminded me of 84, mm-hmm. where she saved this little girl. And the little girl just happened to be a black little girl. And the, the little girl in the film, the animated film, was a black little girl. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it it's just how she just like it's how she like how how little kids see her you know what i mean regardless of what where you're coming from like what what background you have it's how the kids see her and they see her as a hero you know what i mean they see her as someone that is for them you know and and how she saved the little girl in 84 how she made the little girl in the animated movie feel like she's wanted and she could do things just as well as the boys and that's always been the woman's message right ever since the the women's rights movement the suffrage movement all of that is like we should have the right to vote we should have the right to get paid equally we should have the right to do um certain things that that, yeah like not even just certain things but everything you know we should have that that um agency to do the same thing that men can do like yeah you know we can't lift everything where if it's super heavy mm. we would need other people to help us lift it even men will have a hard time lifting certain things they need yeah, another person to help yeah, you know exactly. what i mean but, you know they go yeah i mean to, yeah. They're to, to yeah to that's always been that thing is to be seen to be mm-hmm. recognized as equal like why yeah because we're all being, humans we all bleed the same blood yeah. like why am i being second to, mm-hmm. There's no point to that. We're just as witty. We're just as smart. We're just exactly. as dorky. We're just, we're just, just as, as human as anyone else. We're just human. Exactly. You know, we were just born with a different uh, just reproductive a different system. Yeah, that's yeah, a different form, and that's all. Yeah, that's all. But um, you know, it's it's just the fact that they. I felt like it kind of harkened back to that because it just like the moment I saw that mall scene where she mm-hmm. saved the little girl, it reminded me of that scene a little bit where, you know, how the kids look up. Like this little girl didn't even know who she was in the animated film, didn't know who she was, but she was crying and she felt comfortable enough to talk to the stranger mm-hmm. and it would happen to be a woman, mm-hmm. you know? What I mean? And yeah, psychologically, a lot of people do feel more comfortable talking to a woman than a man, I guess, because of the stigma of a man trying to steal someone or trying yeah, to do right. something. And it was a kid. You know, kid, I guess a kid see another girl, a woman, and felt comfortable enough to tell, like, oh, you know, these, they won't let me play. They won't mm-hmm. let me play sword and shield with them. 
Because yeah, to be honest with you, I'm like, you know, you teach your children not to talk to strangers. And usually with that perspective, that perception is always the men. Don't let children talk to the men mm-hmm. because you don't know if this man has good intentions. You don't know if this man is going to uh, take you and steal you away in a van somewhere. It's always that perception. So they never put it in the woman's perspective where it's like, don't, don't you know, don't talk to strangers, period, whether it's a man or a woman, because you don't yeah. know what their intentions are. You that's, know what I mean? Always, yeah, that, that's true. It's always seen that way. I mean, anybody can um, do uh, horrible things. Take you like that. Yeah. Right. But it's always that perception of man. Mm-hmm. So for, for the animated film, for her to feel comfortable enough to tell her what's wrong and all of that, I guess it's, and didn't even know who she was yet. She wasn't even considered Wonder Woman yet. Yeah, she but wasn't she seen felt, as that icon, that, that figure. Right, but she felt compelled enough to tell her, like, oh, these these boys won't let me play. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And I think in 84, it, was, it wasn't the same thing because she just saved her from a gunman doing something stupid. But, you know, well, it's more like, like... an homage to that scene. Yeah, it kind of feels like it was an homage to that scene because it was a little girl, you know, mm-hmm. and just, like, the little wink was so yep. cute. Oh, my God, that's so adorable. Yeah, she, <laughs> it was um... so adorable. Patty, I'm not sure who who was in charge, whether it's Patty Jenkins or writer such what have you. They took a lot of like little nods from things that had to do with Wonder Woman mm-hmm. um, from across her medias, whether it was the comics or the animated movies. Ice um, cream. Yeah, um, I'm always like, saying about the ice cream because yeah, like, that's I'm, in our comics. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure if I was to like really like find tune through the movie, I'm sure there would be some stuff that I could see that would be from Justice League or Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that shows a definite fan and love of, of, of the work too by being able to look through. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say, okay, we're gonna use this, we'll use this, this we'll use, you know, just little like that's a beautiful thing too, is being able to put those throughout movies. There's yeah. little lines like that, you know, it makes it fun. Yeah, and that's that's the thing I love about 84 is that it didn't take itself too too seriously, like how as much as I do like Man of Steel, it took itself a little too seriously. Like the yeah. scene where he was talking to Lois and they were pointing at the S. And it's like, oh, it stands for hope. But it's like you don't really feel that much hope in the film. because mm-hmm. Not because of the dialogue. Like you can feel it through the dialogue, but you don't feel it through the cinematography. Because right. everything is so gray. Nothing is really color. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's, like there's And the thing is, as an artist... When you're doing illustrative work or when you're doing sequentials or anything story related, color has something to do with it. Um, even black and white has something to do with it because it, it tells the tone of story. Like it tells mm-hmm. the tone of that moment. Like if it's a blue scene, but it's like a super blue scene, you know it's a depressive, a depressive scene or maybe someone is thinking about things. If you see like a warmer color, they're in a different state of mind where they're happier, they're in a positive place. Or or for Wonder Woman in Superman's case, hope, love, compassion. Mm-hmm. That's why you always see those montages of Superman during the day Batman during the night, because Batman during the night, this dude is always brooding somewhere. And what colors does he wear? Gray, black, blues, mm-hmm. right? So he's always wearing these colors. Like, yeah, you know, because he's a ninja. <laughs> In a way, yeah. he's just a ninja. But if you really look at it, like this, Bruce never really had like a stable, happy life. He's always brooding somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even when he's with other Justice League members, he stands out because he's the only one really, aside from Black Lightning, because, you know, Black Lightning is wearing black, blue, 
and yellows. But mm. with him, he's the only one with no kind of like smile. Like he hardly ever smiles unless Superman says something silly to make him smile or whatever. Mm. But you know, he's the only one that's really brooding. Like, look at the Flash. The Flash had a crazy life where his mother was killed in front of him and his dad took the rap for it. But you don't see him brooding about it. He's just trying to find justice for his mom. But you yeah. don't see him brooding about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and he had his mom killed in front of him. Bruce had his parents killed in front of him too. But the way that their perspectives were are different because of, you know, the upbringing of what they did. Like, you know, Flash had someone else to raise him for the while, for that time being. And then you had, uh, I mean, Bruce had Alfred, but again, Alfred is uh, not Alfred. Uh, Bruce is always brooding, right? So you have right. that scene, Barbara. right? And you have that scene where he's always in these colors. He's always is always grayed out somehow. Like uh, Hush is actually one of my favorite comics for for Batman, where he, at some point he was happy because of Thomas Elliot coming around and all of that, but certain panels um if i remember correctly i didn't get up to get the book but <laughs> That's but i think certain panels it's very dreary you know mm -hmm. what i mean and, it, and it's very strong because it tells the mood of how gotham city is because gotham city is a very depressing city because it's crime ridden yeah, and it's full of uh yeah and it's full of rich people and all of that rich food i don't want to do anything for the city um but then you you have Metropolis where it's always something going on. It's always sunny and happy yeah, always, and all of that. Like even it never if rains. it never rains, even yeah. if it's destruction down the block, everybody is still happy. It's still, <laughs> it's still always during the day. There's never any trouble at night. It's always right. Exactly. Happens. And it's then it got them. It's the opposite where during the day. Oh no, not even like if you watch the Gotham TV show, everything always goes on 24 hours, seven days a week. Something's always going on yeah, during so, the day, night, everything. But so even during the day, it's still very dreary and dark and exactly. an overcast kind of feel. There's never mm -hmm. any type of sunlight. Like even like yeah. during the day, like I said, even though you know it, it could be at high noon, it'll still be dreary. It'll still be snowy. It'll still be overcast. It'll still right. be drizzling. There's some type of weather darkness mm -hmm. going on. And Gotham and, is a very depressing city versus Metropolis. Mm -hmm. And where Wonder Woman stays, Wonder Woman travels around the world. I mean, now nowadays, according to the movie itself, she's always in London, but or France, like somewhere in Europe, right? Yeah. But I know in the beginning of I'm trying to think of which movie it was. No, no, in the beginning of um, Wonder Woman, she's in Paris. Yeah. Because she's so, at the Louvre, I think it is. The, the, she, yeah. She's there. And that was um. That wasn't even her movies, though. Not yet, anyway. Uh, it was in the Justice League movie. She was in Paris. So um, when they was introducing her into that movie, she was in Paris. Uh, for this movie, I think she was in Washington. And for 2017, yeah, yeah. she was in Europe between, I think, I think she was either in, I know she was in London because they commented on how dreary it looked. But um. Oh, I thought she, she was in Paris in that one because I thought that she was at the Louvre when no, when that, was that, from, that was from that was you know that was Justice League or maybe at the beginning from, from Bruce. You know what? Yeah, it was at the beginning. Not the letter. The oh. um, uh, the, the photo. Yeah, yeah, she was in Paris. Yeah, it was. I think I think it's because that that portion of the film kind of goes from where Justice League was because remember yeah, she was in yeah. Paris too for Justice League. Yeah. So I think that was at that point. 
where she was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she that's why I was like, I was saying justice because she had more screen time there. Yeah. But it's also hard because the timelines are a little Yeah. Off. So it's Yeah, they, they were trying to be like Marvel. <laughs> yeah, like it's, that, it's, yeah. It's definitely hard to do to get mm-hmm. timelines and continuity are, are important. Like you're like you're gonna have flubs. You're gonna forget, oh, this happened, this, this happened, which is natural. Mm-hmm. When you have so much going on, so many characters, so much content going on, it's definitely it's like the happen. comics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they don't know they don't know whether to keep the storyline or, or erase it or do an event yeah. to bring back the storyline or to erase that storyline and yeah but that's why they're always some type of reboot or what have you mm-hmm. which is fine but on that note of reboots and returns yeah we will have to do this again on another topic <laughs> yeah <because laughs> this was really fun and a lot of insightful stuff that again like i said i hadn't thought of with the movie so that that's one thing that i wanted to do when i spoke to people were you know talk about something that i've seen as well or that i've read as well mm-hmm. and see things through someone else's eyes and you get a different inside different perspective and go oh okay this is what this is oh all right so if you do go back and rewatch or reread it or or play it if, if it's a game right you'll see different moments that you go oh i don't understand that or i didn't think that made sense and you'll see that and when you go oh okay that's what they were talking about. That's why it feels this way. That's why it's that way. Mm-hmm. So that's why these conversations are so cool and fun. And this is why we have these conversations in real life when we do go out to eat or what have you, and we're talking about this movie or what have you. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the that's the great part about just being a part of a small community of friends and just just chilling out and just geeking out while eating and stuffing our face. Exactly. You get like this whole. <laughs> this whole really cool vibe. And while that person's telling you about something and you're eating something Mm -hmm. or this, like you're either sharing something new, whether it's a food, a movie, a comic, a series, Mm -hmm. a game, what have you. It's all about that perspective. Right. But I will say that at the end of 84, I did cry. Mm. Um, I enjoyed the movie so much that um like i said like all the stuff that was going on with kofefe and the yeah we call it kofefe because like like, i don't think it's just so many crazy things happening surrounding covid and everything between people's mental health and physical health and all of that and then the protests that's going on and the, the, the elections going on, all this stuff is going on all within the same year and then, you know, kind of bleeding itself into this year. Mm. Um, that movie was an escape. That movie in Soul was mm-hmm. a great escape. And just watching other movies after that, like going back to the Ghibli movies, all of that was really a great escape for me. And I think uh, watching Wonder Woman, like people were just watching it just to watch it. But I guess for me, it was special because it took me out of the reality of what was happening. Right. Especially when someone dealing with anxiety and stuff is like, you know, I'm just, this is a great distraction for me. Mm-hmm. But I ended up crying at the end because of, spoiler alert, we had a we had a guest appearance in the movie towards the end. It was Miss Linda Carter. And that was when they talked about that character in the middle of the movie, I want to say. Yeah, they showed her eyes and everything. Yeah, and, and, it's all, and I was like, oh, because I think... Like you wanted to see her in this universe somehow, mm-hmm. because I mean she's an iconic character. She's also yes. added, like herself, just being mm-hmm. an artist. She's iconic. Yeah. Uh, we, we won't see what character she was, but you know what character she was. 
Yeah. And the thing is, is that I cried because she popped up. And again, I, I her show her show came out in the 70s. So I mm-hmm. didn't get that that privilege to watch and grow up with the, the series. I know they have it on HBO Max now, so that's yeah. that's on my cue, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, you know, I only seen about maybe one or two episodes before I got HBO Max and it was on regular TV, but it was one of those those cable channels that play a lot of the older TV shows like yeah. Match. Um, what's this other one? Uh, a lot of and stuff like that. Like, well, yeah, not just like, yeah, westerns, like good 60s, times, yeah, like eighties yeah, like, kind of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like the good times, the Jeffersons, Mash, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom would watch those those TV shows, especially Good Times and, and Jeffersons. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was at a point where she knows I love Wonder Woman, and it was a point where she was channel flipping, and she would call me like Shanae, Shanae, Shanae. I was like, what happened? I'm thinking something happened to her because the way she's shouting my name. Oh, and she was like Wonder Woman, and I'm like. It's like, oh my god, this is awesome, and like me geeking out and everything. And I, I didn't see the whole episode, but I did see some of it, and I did see like her and the documentaries I would watch about DC and about Wonder Woman in general. I saw the movie about William H. Marston, like the Wonder yes. Woman, mm-hmm. that that's on. I think it's still on Hulu because I watched it on Hulu, and I watched that movie, and that movie mm-hmm. was very, very interesting and intriguing as to how Wonder Woman was created. Um, and then, you know, I saw the documentary right after that because they also had the documentary of how she was mm-hmm. created. And then growing up, I knew of Linda Carter and I knew of Wonder Woman. And again, cable vision and regular TV, they will play her episodes on and off, but I never really watched the whole episode. And that's why I'm glad that they have it on HBO Max for me to watch it. Mm-hmm. But um, I knew of her. I've seen her as Wonder Woman. I see her twirl and I see certain scenes of her and Steve Trevor and and her working as a secretary and all of that. And I guess I just cry because she's such a legend. And she has that that feeling because she's not nostalgic, but also this iconic. Right. And this is this is from someone that never fully watched the 70s one, but I truly do appreciate it because of me and my documentary stuff. I do love watching documentaries. But from me watching the documentaries, from me watching her on Supergirl as a president, from me watching her doing that little Wonder Woman promo that Supergirl did for 2017 Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think I watched it like maybe five times because it was so cool. Mm. and then from watching like at least some some time on her episodes, like I think I've seen not a full episode, but maybe like 15 to 20 minutes of it. And then, you know, cable just then, you know, life happened as a yeah. kid stuff, doing yeah. homework and all of that. But um, just watching her in that presence and just seeing her as the first Wonder Woman live action because you know they had all the the Superman and Batman uh, shows before hers. Because mm-hmm. you know the very first one, um, mm-hmm. I forgot this 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 guy's name that he played Superman for a very long time, and I forgot his name. Uh, George then, Reeves. Yes, George yeah. Reeves. And then you had um, 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 help me out here for Batman. You had Adam. 
Oh, West. Yep, Adam West. Adam okay. West. And it like, like, can't be 70. 70? Right. Yes, yeah. 70. My memory is not that great. So when it comes to people's names, I'm not just going <laughs> to. Shout them out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, with Adam West and Burt Ward. So mm -hmm. they had theirs, and that, and that was in the 60s. And then Wonder Woman came in the 70s. But I think even before the campy Batman, it was another actor that played as Batman yeah. with the longer horns. Because mm -hmm. they had and like the old black and white one around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Around the same time, or even before, no, actually, I, a little bit after Superman, Superman. Yeah. a little bit after Superman, because you know, once they did that whole hype with Superman, because he was the first uh hero, like, um, yeah, he was like the first big, superhero. yeah, he's like, the first big iconic. superhero, so they focused on him more, and then Batman came in, and then Wonder Woman came in, so just to kind of see her in that glory and mm. and just really admire her for being the mm -hmm. first. Wonder Woman, I'm like, yeah, I, I cried. And I was like, yo, I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a for real Wonder Woman fan if I'm crying at Linda Carter. And and the thing is that so many people who did grow up in the 70s and watched her show, they felt the same way. I think I have on, on Facebook when I did say, because you know I just went on Facebook for the first time in, in months to say that I love this movie in Soul because I watched Soul the following day. Yeah. And it was women who were a little bit older than me. Cause again, I was born in the late eighties. So, you know, them growing up either they were born in the early seventies and they grew their, their eighties that the eighties decade was when they grew up, like mm -hmm. growing up into teenagers and, and 20 and being in their twenties and stuff. But they're the ones that watched the, the wonder woman seventies uh, show. And, those women that I've met through my mom, because my mom used to watch the show too, but through my mom and through uh, people that I play games with that uh, that are really, they were really stroked, stoked to see, stoked, yeah, they were really excited yeah. <laughs> to see the, um, to see her in the movie and they shared the same sentiment where it's like i cried it was like i cried too it was amazing <laughs> it was it, it was one of those those really cool moments seeing her turn yeah. around like at one like at the was a festival or party yeah it was a festival yeah like a festival and seeing mm -hmm. The line and it was back. guys too. Like some guys yeah. was commenting on my page, like, "Did you, did you see the end?" And I was like, "Yes," because I didn't tell them why I cried at the end. But one of my friends, I think, is one of my fiance's friends. He was like, "Did you see the end?" I was like, "Yeah," and like a couple of guys were really appreciative of of Linda Carter being in that movie. And that's how you know that Wonder Woman is not just for women, it's for men too. It's for boys and for girls. It's for everybody. It's a general demographic. Yeah, she's one of those across the character boards. And mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, across the board character, sorry. And mm -hmm. seeing her still looking, I mean, not much older than when she was when she first did the series. Yeah, like I mean, the, Late seventies, early early eighties. I, I want to say well, she still looks the same. Yeah, she still looks the same, and still had the she same kind of like look when she turned around and such like that. You almost expected her to do the twirl, like the way she turned. Yeah, like, exactly. Her, her um, her like coat or dress. I'm trying to remember what she was. It was wearing. it was like a poncho white coat yes, type of thing. Yes. It was kind of like kind of almost that. like twirl a little bit, and you're almost expecting it, but you still appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, she's here, and it was an after credit scene, which we see a thousand of them. 
Well, not a thousand, but you, you know, you see so many at this time. Through, too. through Marvel, we see a lot of it through Marvel. Yeah. For, for DC, we don't see that much. Yeah, but. you're like expecting them. So you just stay to the end of the movie now, which sometimes you're rewarded, you know, and you get something great. Sometimes you see something that furthers the story. Sometimes you see something that's just cool. This was mm-hmm. one of those things that kind of furthered the story a little bit. I mean, or, or was at least part of the story, but was still a cool little Easter egg moment that I think. But I feel like, yeah, and I feel like it kind of plays into the story because Diana is still looking for her. Yeah. So that's that's what I was like. I feel like that's going to play more into if they do do Wonder Woman 3, which I hope so because of how everything kind of ended. Um, I hope they do make it and it and I hope she pops up again and maybe Diana can really see her and ask her questions. And it'll be really interesting to see the Diana, the first Diana in mm-hmm. the modern Diana. That would be really cool to see these two women. And I watched them at DC Dome last year where it was her, Chris Pine, Christian Wig, Patty Jenkins, uh, and Gal Gadot herself. They were talking to her and she was a surprise guest because I think I cried then too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, she was a surprise guest because I was like, it would be really cool if Linda Carter popped up. Oh, hey, look what we have here. I was like, oh shit. And she popped up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for, um, for her to like, like just, I just thought they were doing it as a courtesy because, you know, she's the one that kind of paved the way to yeah. have a Wonder Woman live action. You know what I mean? But no, I f- they, they secretly just popped her right into that movie and they did it with Grace. They did it the right way. She wasn't just there. You know what I mean? They mentioned mm-hmm. her in the middle of the movie and then we saw her. And it's like what you said, the way that um she twirled. It makes it look like she's about to twirl into Wonder Woman, but I feel like the way she twirled was very, very, very regal. Like mm-hmm. I'm here to help. Yeah, you know, it's and, like oh, it's just a flick of the wrist. Yeah, and that was <laughs> all she had to do with that. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, we're going to end today's episode. Like I said, we will be coming back with something else, um, some other topic or such, what have you, at a later date. Always uh, tangents. That's that's how we do things. <laughs> But I want to say thank you so very much to Shanae Williams for being on and discussing uh, pretty much all wonder thing, excuse me, all wonderful things Wonder Woman, I guess is a <laughs> even better way to say it. Thank you so yeah. very much for being on and joining us. I always appreciate it. So thank, very you, much. thank you. Um, this has been another episode of The Hungry Bleak. Uh, we'll be back at another date with, I don't know what the topic will be. We'll find out once the person is there because that's what we do. I give the person... I, I tell them, look, you choose. What do you want to talk about? And then we just go from there because it just seems way more fun. All right. So thank you very much. Have a good day. Enjoy. And I don't know. Eat something tasty. I don't know. Whatever. That's All what right? I'm about to do right now. My, my stomach is yelling at me. <laughs> thank you. Have a good day. And be well, everyone. Peace. Hi.